So Money Episode 277, Lewis Howes. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Today, I have the great pleasure of bringing back Lewis Howes to So Money to talk about his latest book out today. Yep, that's right. You can go over to Barnes & Noble's, Amazon, or your local bookstore after you listen to this and pick up a copy, which I highly recommend that you do. In fact, I'm giving away 20 free copies. Listen to the end of this podcast to discover how you can be selected. The book is called The School of Greatness. It's the same title of his very successful podcast. And as I said, I've already had Lewis on the show before. In case you missed that episode, you'll have to check it out. It was episode Episode four. Now, a little bit of background to catch some of you up about Lewis. A lot of you may recognize his name. He is a former pro football player. He is an elite athlete. After suffering a career-ending injury, he bounced back, creating a multi-million dollar online business as a business coach and speaker. And in his new book, he shares the tips and habits that he uncovered in interviewing some of the greatest people, including Olympic gold medalist Sean Johnson and Pencils of Promise CEO Adam Braun, among countless others. He's uncovered that greatness that comes from within. So he decided to write about his experiences and share a real world guide to living bigger, loving deeper, and leaving a legacy. His ultimate goal is showing people that anyone is capable of achieving success. And in our conversation, we talk about some of the tenets from his book, What Are the Secrets to Greatness? And he talks about how you have to do something painful every day. Really? What does he do? We talk about adversity. We all experience at some level adversity. His advice is you have to embrace it. You have to learn how to transform that adversity into achievement. And can you be successful without adversity? Finally, we discuss creating your circle of greatness. What if you're not so happy with your friends? How do you go about creating a community of supportive and frankly, smarter people? Here is Lewis Howes. Lewis Howes, congratulations on the School of Greatness book. Coming back for round two on So Money. We can't get enough of you. Welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm super pumped. I want to talk all about your book, The School of Greatness. It is it carries the same name as your very successful podcast. But I have to tell you, Lewis, just from author to author, I bow to you. I have watched <laughs> you. I have watched you really promote this book in a fun way, in a very organic way over the past 12 months. You were on this show in January talking about how you got this book deal recently and that Uh it was going to really take on a lot of your energy. So (laughs) share with us a little bit, indulge me, a little bit of the the behind the scenes because your strategy is really on par. It it actually is, I've learned a lot just watching you as as, if I ever do another book launch. What is the greatness, what are the greatness tips for book Uh, launching? I probably had like 12 key things that I wanted to do with this launch. Uh, you know, I started strategizing before I even sold the book. I, I had a game plan of what I was going to do once I, once I did sell it. And I asked, you know, the top authors and book marketers for a couple years prior, just picking up the things that really work and asking them the great questions. 
And, uh, you know, I still don't even know if I'm doing it well as well as I plan to do it, but I'm doing everything I can in my power with my energy. And it consists of a number of different things. One is asking friends to buy lots of books. That's number one. So I'm asking people to buy 5,000, 10,000, 1,000, 120. It doesn't matter. Whoever they are, I'm trying to figure out what's the win-win for them buying books. Maybe they, maybe they have a mastermind group, so they buy 20 copies. Maybe they have a company with thousands of employees. And so I figured out a way to get the distribution into those employees. Maybe they have a webinar or a big podcast. So figuring anything I can to get in front of those audiences and create the, the solution for them that's going to help serve their audience, but also serve my mission of selling my book. Um, I'm doing a ton of podcasts in general. I've probably done 50 podcast interviews so far that are all going to come out around the week of the launch. And you know, the goal for me is to to, to get as many sales that first couple of weeks. So the podcast world has been big and, you know, been doing it for almost three years now. So I've built these great relationships and added a lot of value to people who I've had on as well. The next thing is reaching out to everyone who I've had on the podcast and sold their book for them and ask them, Hey, what can we do to get this out to your audience in a major way? And then giving them suggestions of what I could do as in terms of guest posting or videos or whatever. And then I let them be creative as well with it. And then I'm trying new things. You know, <clears throat> I'm doing a lot of social media stuff using Instagram. Uh, I've got about 10 videos I'm going to be releasing over these next few weeks that people will see. they a little 15-second videos. I've got a huge book trailer that's coming out right now the day we're, we're recording this. It'll already be out when this is up. And... Um, I'm doing a lot with social. Um, I'm doing a ton of guest posts. Of, you know, I've got a whole PR team who, you know, I've got a cover of a magazine coming out the same week as it comes out in Barnes and Noble. So I have my book and the, cat, the magazine cover. Um, you know, just a lot of press opportunities. I'm doing the whole Periscope world. I'm doing daily Periscope sessions and, and selling books that way. I'm trying to do whatever it takes. I'm also doing an online summit. So I interviewed, I interviewed 28 experts on greatness and, uh, last month and we're releasing it two weeks after the book comes out with Rodale, my publisher. So the goal is to continue to get sales through the holidays, through the new year and build this kind of groundswell of great value and content that where people are buying. So that's kind of just scratching the surface. Just scratching the surface. <laughs> well, okay, so what have people said to you in reaction when you ask them to buy books? Because I think that is such a simple ask, although so few authors do it. It's a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable to ask your mother-in-law to buy right? books. Um, have they been generous about it or have they been like, uh, yeah, well, here's the thing. If you don't ask, you won't get any book sales. I mean, you'll get some people to reach out and say, Hey, can I, you know, let me buy 50 books for you or whatever. You'll get some of that. But really, you know, <clears throat> I learned the art of shameless self-promotion back when I was a teenager, when I would watch my brother after jazz concerts, he was a jazz, he's a jazz violinist and there would only be like 30 people that show up to these jazz shows because it's very uh, small audiences and he would go after each set, he would go out with a box of his CDs and hand them to people one by one, put them in their hands and say, will you buy my CD? And stand right in front of them and ask them this. And they would either say yes or no. He would either make them feel uncomfortable and guilt them into doing it or, or they would just say no thanks or whatever. But he would get way more money by just asking people to buy than just putting a little stand in the corner with the CDs 
let's say, you know, leave 20 bucks and get a CD, uh, you're not going to generate as many sales than if you're constantly asking people to buy. Exactly. Um, so I think it is uncomfortable and I think there's a way, there's a dance in how you do it so that it doesn't feel uncomfortable. And I think when you build relationships where all you're doing for years is giving, giving, giving and saying, how can I make you money and support you and then help you achieve your goals? And then you never ask for anything until one time you say, Hey bro, you know, I've, I would love your support. You know, I'm going to support you no matter what. Um, but this is a huge moment for me in my career and I'm trying to sell this many books. Do you think you'd be able to buy, uh, you know, a range between this many and this many? And I give people a range. And I was like, is it, do you think you could buy this many books? Here's where I can see it could be a good fit to your business, to your customers. Um, and if not, what, what would be a good solution for you? Well, and here's what we're going to do. It's so there. money. We're going to buy, we're going to buy, let's see, how much is the book? It's like 20 uh, bucks, well, right? 25 bucks, 20, 25 99 retail. But if you buy in bulk, I can get a special discount. Okay. <laughs> We're going to give away some free books. Uh, so Sweet. I'll talk about that at the end, how you can do that. But we're definitely going to give away some free books courtesy of uh, your your best friend, Farnoosh, and So Money. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank of you. course. I know it's important. You got to get people, this book in people's hands. And by the way, Lois, it's not like you're selling a used car. Okay. You're selling right, a right. really, really great book <laughs> that you poured your heart and soul into that you yes. work. This is years in the making because this I know a lot of yes. this stems from your podcast. And yep. speaking of your podcast, it's really going through the roof every, you know, like eight, nine million downloads I saw the other day. Yeah, nine million, about to hit nine and a half million soon. Yeah. So what Growing. came first? Because now everything's kind of feeding everything, right? The, the podcast yep. is feeding the book, the social media, the speaking engagements, but did it really all just start with the podcast or was, I know you also do webinars. So what was the, the platform that started it all for you? Well, I mean, you know, LinkedIn is what started it all for me eight years ago. Um, when I kind of got in the online marketing world, it was learning how to leverage LinkedIn to build relationships with influencers. You know, I was broke. I was sleeping on my sister's couch for a year and a half after recovering from a surgery, playing football. And uh, a mentor said, why don't you check out LinkedIn to see if you can find some opportunities to make money or find a job. And so I early on was just building my profile and connect, reaching out to influencers one by one and asking them how they got to where they are in their career, in their business, and how they became so successful. I was doing this eight years ago. And that led into other people asking me how to use LinkedIn as well and, and introducing people on LinkedIn and, and writing a book about LinkedIn. Then learning how to use webinars, which really kind of launched my financial career, I guess, by helping me generate more income was positioning myself in front of larger audiences via webinars. And that changed the game for me financially. And it still does today. It's my main bread and butter is educating for free on webinars and then offering advanced training or services at the end of them. Now, when I, I sold a, a company where I had all these online courses and I was in transition trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And really what I love to do is, reach out to influential people and ask them how they got to where they are. The same thing I did from the beginning. And so I asked a couple of friends, you know, who were doing podcasts and I was like, is this really working? You know, do people listen to this? Cause I thought it was dead. And a couple of buddies were like, yeah, it actually drives the most traffic for me. You know, it's incredible. I get a lot of leads and I'm impacting a lot of lives. And I said, I think I could do this, you know, it shouldn't be that hard. So, and I had the network already, just like when you launched, you had like this incredible network. We had everyone on from the beginning and it's probably helped you grow it. And um, when I launched it, 
it just, I had no clue what I was going to do. And I wasn't doing it to make money. I told myself I wasn't going to have sponsors for the first year. I just wanted to do it as a passion thing because it was fun for me. And it just took off. And, you know, two years into it, uh, you know, this book idea came about because so many people wanted more information. They wanted to learn the exercises, the strategies, like the behind the scenes and the practical information, you know, a lot of storytelling on the podcast, but I wanted to package it in a way that people could take their life to the next level and become great in any area through specific actionable exercises and inspiration. Well, let's get to some of those exercises, those action, those takeaways. Lewis, first of all, though, how do you define greatness? It's a simple concept. You know, it's a simple Mm -hmm. word. It's probably one of the first words you learn growing up. It's great. You're great. It's great. You're great. Um, Yeah. um, Great job. Great job. I ask this question to everyone I interview at the end because I'm always interested in see what people's response is. We all have a different definition I've found. And uh, I haven't even looked up in the dictionary what it is, actually. I should probably look it up. But greatness to me is has evolved and has evolved based on where I'm at in my life. You know, I think when I was uh, in high school, greatness probably would have been, you know, being a professional athlete, like my dream, like achieving that dream of being a professional athlete or, or making a lot of money, maybe. You know, I, I probably had a different mindset then for what I wanted or what I thought greatness was. Maybe I thought it was being perfect at something. Um, but realizing now over time, going through a lot of different experiences and still a long way to go to where I want to be, greatness for me right now means discovering and figuring out what your greatest gifts are and what your dreams are. Making the most out of those gifts to achieve your dreams and impacting the maximum number of people in the world along the way. And I love that definition because it doesn't mean, like you said, you have to be an athlete or the top of your game or whatever field. It's really about understanding yourself, which by the way, we don't really take the time to self-reflect mm-hmm. enough. We're so busy. Exactly. exactly. In, right. the, in the introduction, you talk about eight areas of focus and what it takes mm-hmm. to be great. And I, I really clinged on to the one tip about adversity you overcame adversity. I've overcome adversity. Is that, does that have to happen though? I mean, some people have a smooth life. <laughs> and you know, d- I don't know. I, I don't mean, know if people have a, you know, some people look like just they have a smooth life. Yeah. I think it's relative. I mean, maybe everyone in a third world country thinks that everyone in the United States has a smooth life, but in reality, we have a lot of inner turmoil. We have a lot of things that might be holding us back or, or barriers. So I think it all depends. You say turn adversity into advantage. Some people yep. have this mentality that they can't control some of the bad things that happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <clears throat> let's say they lost a loved one or they lost their yeah. job or, you know, there are a lot of things that you can't control. What's your take on that? You know, there's a, I feel like adversity is, I've, I've been going through adversity lately, actually in the last few months I've been, you know, putting this book out, finishing the book, putting it out, and also going through a breakup with someone that I'm completely head over heels in love with. And for me to, it's been, it was really hard for me. And it's been a challenge to fully disconnect and let go of that, my ex-girlfriend. And um, I find myself throughout the days, like just, I don't know if you've ever been through a breakup that was like really hard for you, but I find myself throughout the days, like every 20 minutes, just thinking about it, missing it, you know, feeling, uh, feeling like, 
maybe I made the wrong withdrawal. decision. Yeah, yeah withdrawal. withdrawal. It's like, I feel like my arms are cut off, right? I'm just like, oh, I have so much love to give. Uh, and I have so much love that I want to receive. And I was doing that for a year and a half. And now I'm not doing it. And it's just like, or it's shifted in a different way, let's say. But it's just a, it's a challenge. And um, the thing is, we never know. This is a great, this is a great thing because we never understand why we're going through these adverse times. We never, a lot of times we never understand it. We don't understand why our parents got divorced. We don't understand why we broke an arm or a leg or someone dies. We don't understand these things and it, it probably doesn't make sense. And you can probably get really mad or frustrated or hurt or angry. A lot of these things can come up. At least I know they have for me and a lot of friends of mine who've been through adversity. And there's something, it's something that, uh, that I've learned is that, you know, this adversity, the, the greatest challenges that some of the greatest minds and success stories have ever had comes from the stories of adversity they've faced throughout their life, where they had extreme incidences of adversity and pain that they went through. And when you ask these people who are, have achieved greatness in these different areas of life, um, if they could go back and, and change what happened, so they didn't have to feel that pain, so they didn't have to suffer, so they didn't have to go through that adversity, they usually would say, you know, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I wouldn't take it back because it's made me the human I am today. And it's given me the tools, the, the mindset, the, the, you know, the, the grit, too. yes, the compassion mm -hmm. to, to get to where I'm at and to be able to serve people in a bigger way. And uh, there's a spiritual pastor named Rob Bell, who I've been uh, becoming friends with more and more lately. He's been on tour with Oprah and been on Super Soul Sunday, New York Times bestselling author. And he gave a speech recently that put it a lot of, made a lot of sense for me. Because sometimes we just have, have to have faith that it's all going to make sense, even when nothing makes sense. And he gave this speech that said, you know, the world, you know, scientists have, have come to the conclusion that the world is made up of 90, uh, I 94% what is called dark matter this these black holes this darkness these things in the universe that um are surrounding all the planets it's all this darkness this dark matter that it, they don't know what it is however they say that this 94 percent of darkness that we don't know what it is we want to be able to survive or grow and thrive without the darkness without the dark matter and so when i apply that to my own life i think about it you know the things that have been adversity, the things that have been, you know, made me struggle or made me confused or upset, those are the things that actually allow me to grow and thrive. And even though I don't know what they are, and it just seems like a lot of darkness, I've got to just have faith that it's helping me grow into who I need to become. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not, a, it is it is not a coincidence, I think, that in, in just doing this show too, so many talking to a lot of millionaires and very high achieving individuals that they came from either nothing right. or had real adversity where they um, they were disabled for a time frame or they lost mm -hmm. loved ones. I mean, so talk about being triumphant. I think that you're right. You're right on the money with that one. Yes. In chapter five, you talk about mastering your body. This has mm -hmm. to happen, right? You can't be great with and just be eating Doritos and watching reruns of Real Housewives on exactly on demand. I don't do that. Exactly. Uh, you know, I think it was um, 
I got to figure out what this quote exactly is, but Richard Branson uh, from Virgin America and Virgin everything, he, um, someone asked him the question one time, you know, what's the key to being a successful entrepreneur or, or building a successful business or something along those lines? And he said, the answer was working out and exercise. And I was like, interesting that, you know, one of the richest guys says that the key to being successful in business is exercise and working out. Because in my mind, I feel like if we don't have control of our body, if we're not in healthy alignment with our body and our emotions, then we're going to have, it's just a scientific fact that there is excess weight that holds us back from making better decisions and giving us better energy throughout the day. So I think if we want to be successful in business or relationships or anything, We've got to have our health under control. And I don't think it means having a six pack necessarily. I just think it means having the energy to be able to make hard decisions and overcome adversity that comes your way every single day because we are busy. There is a lot of things that are being thrown at us. And if our mind and body isn't able to handle it, we're probably going to react in you know negative ways as opposed to clear and compassionate ways. So I think it's all about the health. Well, and coming from you as a former football player, you are an athlete. This is something that you're used to. It's part of who you are. For a lot of people, this is something they have to train themselves to do well and consistently. So any advice for someone who, gosh, is really busy, doesn't says to Mm. themselves, I don't have time to work on my body. What are some easy things they can do? Well, I would say you need to shift your mindset first because the body is all we have. So if you don't have time to focus on all we have, then uh, nothing else really matters. And if you ask someone that uh, a billionaire that has cancer and is going to die in the next year, and if you ask them about it, they would give all of their money away and take everything back to live another year or a few more years. So you want to start really shifting your priorities and thinking about your health as number one, because if you can't be healthy, if you're just going to work, work, work all day and take care of everyone else and never take care of yourself and you're making money, but you're going to die at 50, how is that serving your family and the people around you when you're not being healthy? So I think it's more of a shift in mindset as a priority where you say, okay, at least 30 minutes every single day, I'm doing something where I'm focusing on me and health first so that I can work harder. And uh, that's why I take the approach of doing something painful every day with your body. And pain can look different for a lot of people. That could be, you know, walking a hill uh, every day. That could be doing stairs. That could be running. It could be working out. It could be any type of workout where you sweat. I mean, just getting out of bed and walking can be painful sometimes because we want to lay there. But doing something where you're moving, you're exercising for at least 30 minutes a day. And that's just a foundation that you set up for your lifestyle forever. And I know you interviewed Ariana Huffington. She speaks yep. on this um, publicly. Yeah, about sleep. Sleep. Is one of the, I, I heard her speak at a, a women's conference recently, and I, I will never forget this line. She said, we are more concerned about the battery life on our phones <laughs> <laughs> than our own energy and our own um our own battery life, because we will run on empty. We will go eight, 
days without sleeping much. Whereas if we are down to 8% battery in our phones, we will, we will jump around. We will like jump over desks to get to an outlet. We, I've, I've actually taken a cab to an Apple store (laughs) because I needed to get juice and I was going to be out in the city for a while. Yeah. Because I just, that to me was, um, more immediate than a more immediate need than probably my sleep. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for putting that in perspective. Well, what's yeah. your, what do you do that's, that's painful every day? I mean, I work out and I try to just push myself. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, when I run three miles, it hurts because my lungs will hurt. Uh, and it's not like I have to just destroy my body where I can't walk. It's more just doing something every day that makes you uncomfortable is what I really mean. Do something where you're uncomfortable. When I run three miles, my ball, I'm a big guy. It's like, it's uncomfortable. You know, my, my chest is wheezing. Uh, my legs are burning and, and that's enough. Some days I push it harder depending on the season of my life I'm in where I'm training. This morning I got up and did squats for about 20 minutes and it was shaking, you know, it was like just shaking my legs. And I was like, okay, I've done something today uh, where I'm pushing myself and growing. And I think if we're aren't, if our muscles and our body isn't being pushed, just a little bit even, every single day, it's going to stop growing. It's going to stop um, growing in a healthy way and it's going to start growing in an unhealthy way. So a so, little, little thing yeah. that I do, my son is now 26 pounds. He's, he's wow. very tall. Um, he's for 15 months. So instead of putting him in the stroller, I try to carry him as much as wow. possible in the Bjorn. That's, so I'm not like, so it's ergonomic. So I'm not like breaking yeah. my back, but I tell you, that's it's a, a good workout. workout. Yeah. That's it, a great workout. It's just, you know, mom's out there. Your kid is your best dumbbell. Okay. Heck yeah. And then just do some air squats. With the- <laughs> do some air squats. Exactly. Um, I want to, I want to end on one of your other chapters themes, which is about um, surrounding yourself with greatness. Mm. So, you know, we've heard this before. I don't even know who invented this expression, but now I feel like everyone's adopted it is that you're the average of the five people you spend the most yeah. time with. Yeah. If you're hanging out with losers, how do you find mm. those five top performing people that are smarter than you that will be willing mm. also, this is hard, that are willing to actually help you? How do yeah, you create a circle of greatness? I think it starts with yourself. And, you know, this is a, I'm going to relate this to dating because I, uh, a buddy of mine, Matt Hussey, who is like a relationship expert for women, teaches women how to get the guy. He's got a huge following. And I did an interview with him one time. And the last question, I was like, okay, if you want to find the perfect partner, the match, the, the man or the woman of your dreams, what do you do? That's going to, that's going to lift you up and make you your best self and, 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 you know, get you everything you want. And he said, I want you to go out there and create a list of the qualities of the person that you want. Create a full list of every quality you want. You want them funny, smart, intelligent, sexy, adventurous, write everything down, great values. Um, Write the list down and then go become that person. And I was like, that's fascinating. You know, a lot of people, we want these mentors, these inspiring people to, to, to be able to hang out with us and connect with them. But why would they want to spend time with us if we're not being that ourselves? And that doesn't mean we have to have millions of dollars, but it's more about the qualities that we bring to the table and who we're being in those relationships. That's going to attract inspiring people. You know, you're attracting the losers you're hanging out with because you're probably living the similar type of values or being in those same types of conversations. So a couple ways is just to continue to evolve your, yourself 
when I was 23, just starting out, I learned uh, public speaking. I went to a public speaking class every week for a year. I started salsa dancing. I started um, learning online marketing. I started just acquiring new skills with other friends, but on my own as well, and just taking action to become more valuable to other people in the world. And I think we need to constantly grow and, and cultivate new skills and hobbies that we're inspired by so we have more to bring to the table and we can kind of reach that next level of influencer relationships. But also, if you want to connect with these influencers, it's an inspiring people. It's, it's really finding some of those people and then seeing how you can offer a lot of value to them without asking for anything in return. You know, I did a lot of you know, apprenticeships, essentially, where I worked for free for months and months and months and just soaked it in by giving to them and not asking. So I think you got to approach it like that. I remember uh, earlier when you were on this podcast back in January, you talked about how you were really impressed and inspired by Tim Ferriss. And yeah. you didn't know Tim. How did nope. you become now one of, you know, his good friends? You guys are buds. Yeah. I mean, three years of emailing and showing up at events where he was and promoting him. Stalking and him. Stalk, I mean, yeah, just <laughs> trying to give as much value as I could, but always finding a way to serve. And making sure that I read everything and, and, you know, just was connected to what he was inspired by. And then figuring out when there was an opportunity to help him, saying, reaching out and saying, hey, let me know if I can help you here. I know this is important to you. Uh, and I think that goes a long way. When, when someone reaches out to you and helps you in a big way, you're willing to reach out back and connect with them and give them time and, and build that relationship. Yeah, you've heard it on this podcast before, ladies and gentlemen. Be a go-giver. Mm. Not a go-getter. I think that was Zig Ziglar. That's right. I but, is, it, is that Zig Ziglar or Bob Berg? Oh, I have to go back to Bob the Bob Berg books. has a book called The Go-Giver, I believe. But Well, maybe he attended a Zig Ziglar seminar. Probably. And <laughs> Probably. Uh, Lewis Howes, congratulations on the School of Greatness book. I know you have worked so hard. Uh, bringing this out. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing your name at the top of the New York Times bestsellers list. No pressure. <laughs> I'm doing, here's the thing, you know, that's the, that's been my dream. It's a goal. And obviously it's what I'm shooting for. But the thing is something I learned about greatness as well is you cannot be so attached to re results and expectations that you have. Um, because if it doesn't happen, then you're going to be heartbroken forever. And you're going to be resentful and mad. So I've learned to, you know, focus on my vision and, and put it out there, but not hold on to it so tightly and be open for what it'll, what will come from it anyways. So obviously that's the goal and, uh, I'm still putting it out there, but anything can happen. So we'll see. And I know so many great things are going to happen. And that's kind of the exciting thing about launching a book or anything is that you really yeah. don't know what's on the other side. But if you <laughs> do the good work and you are authentic and genuine about it, I think that great things will, will come back to you. And thank you so much for being really leading by example. You know, the book is about other people. A lot of times you, you interviewed so many people in your book, but you yourself are a source for many of these tenets in your book. And so we thank you for all of the inspiring work that you're doing, Lewis. Thanks, Arnish. 
That's a wrap, everyone. If you'd like to learn more about Lewis Howes, his website is lewishowes.com. You can pick up a copy of his new book from Amazon. Visit lewishowes.com forward slash book. You can also follow him on Twitter at Lewis Howes. Now, I did mention that I'm giving away some copies of the book. I decided to give away 20 free copies of his book. I'm going to make the investment. And to qualify, you got to do one thing. Just go on to somoneypodcast.com and leave a comment for Lewis's podcast. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, some of your thoughts and experiences as you have experienced greatness in your own personal life. We'd love to hear from you. So do that. And uh, I'm going to pick 20 people from the comment section to receive a free copy of the book. And we'll let you know uh, soon. We'll let you know shortly this week. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Hope your day is so money.